chapter eighteen of the social war of nineteen hundred or the conspirators and lovers this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the social war of nineteen hundred or the conspirators and lovers by simon landis chapter eighteen jemmy discovers victor and lucinda it may be remembered that pat o'connor's wits were heavily exercised about this reported elopement affair he could not see any philosophy in such an act on the part of either dr juno or miss armington therefore he did not believe that they eloped but he feared some foul play and who but deacon rob stew was guilty hence pat endeavored to blarney the deacon so that he could get deeper into the latter's confidence in fact the deacon never suspicioned pat of infidelity to him but thought pat o'connor was his tried true friend pat knew this and therefore he said dakin your honor i have heerd sich talk aboot this mr juno chap what makes me blood run cooled but your honor will not spake again of this matter will ye certainly not pat but will you tell me what it is asked the deacon Ooh, be saint patrick i blave that son of thy wicked papal started a talk that ye are the cause of miss lucinda me mistress eloped wid dem juno chap because ye would not ax her to marry ye said pat is that what you have heard interposed the deacon yis your honor that's it said pat sure pat you have heard nothing more and you do not believe that do you responded the deacon holy moses your honor i do believe that miss armington was mad wid ye because ye would not ax her fur to marry ye and fur to spite ye she runned away wid dis mr juno do ye mind that said pat no my faithful pat but as you are a true friend of mine in whom i feel sure i could entrust my life i will give you a little insight into this matter but pat you must be secretive and not mention it to a living soul responded the deacon howly saint patrick i would not spake of it to the parson and if it would smash me life into smithereens believe me your honor said pat oh i do good fellow well pat miss lucinda armington and victor juno did not elope but they were abducted by some of the medical opponents of victor juno ejaculated the deacon abducted your honor bedad and ye are sure on that are ye said pat yes pat i am sure of it responded the deacon holy saints and ye know that me mistress be murdered and ye would not tell me master but let him go to europe for to hunt his murdered child oh ye bloody curmudgeon what do ye expect will become of ye furiously ejaculated pat who was now ready for a fight with the deacon pat pat you do not understand me replied the deacon begora and i do understand ye abducted ye murderin hypocrite and may the divil swallow ye whole body and soul if i don't tell on ye and that this very hour ye squally murderer for a helpin to abduct me swate mistress and will ye tell me where ye have buried her exclaimed pat pat you are crazy listen to me she is not dead replied the deacon half scared to death 
lest pat might expose the whole matter in his excitable state of mind for he saw pat was ready for a fight not dead exclaimed pat looking amazed and continued how could she be abducted and be not dead now pat calm yourself and i will explain to you all about it she is living healthy and will evidently be happy when i see her and offer myself in marriage to her said the deacon your honor am not hoaxin am ye exclaimed pat his countenance lighting up with delight certainly not good pat you evidently do not understand the meaning of abduction abduction means carefully taken away from danger said the deacon do it your honor and i'm pleased it means that but be jabbers i taught it meant murder responded pat well pat you are now satisfied are you not and you will keep the secret for i promise you all will be for the best said deacon rob stew yes sure i am your faithful servant as ye plays to have me ejaculated pat good-humouredly and apparently satisfied pat returned to judy mccrae and cautiously told her that he suspected deacon rob stew to be a dirty villain when they agreed to watch the deacon's movements on saturday afternoon jemmy the overseer of the insane asylum generally visited pat and judy the three were sitting in the dining-room of general washington armington's residence discussing the question of the day pat said jemmy ye have a fine place for the poor lunatic and when ye showed meself and judy darlin the inner of the asylum why did ye not take us to them other parts sure i'd like to see all of em said judy pat it is not allowed to take strangers into the private departments replied jemmy private divils i believe that ye keep them places for to smuggle decent people away ejaculated pat pat now do ye think we are cutthroats in our asylum angrily responded jemmy jemmy dear said judy excuse pat for ye knows he bees much worried about the good darlin mistress lucinda who he believes is smuggled up in that place yes jimmy will you do me one kind favor said pat certainly dear pat i will responded jemmy then cape an eye on them private places and ye may see me mistress in there said pat pat in faith ye are mistaken but i'll do it and tell ye of it if i see anything replied jemmy these three parted good friends and although jemmy could not harbor a thought in his mind that would reflect upon the virtuous conduct of the managers of the asylum but thought he it cannot do any harm for me to peep around and satisfy my mind and should i find anything wrong i might help to right it and should i find all straight no harm is done the following sunday jemmy was ordered by the physician-in-chief to oversee the private departments as the latter should be compelled to leave the asylum that day this pleased jemmy and he took the first opportunity afforded him to see who occupied the cell on the third floor where deacon rob stew recently visited so often for sure if miss lucinda armington should be in the asylum that is the place where she would be confined with little trouble he unbolted the outside doors which gave him an opportunity to peep quietly into her cell and to his amazement there he beheld 
reclining on the neat little cot, Miss Armington sleeping sweetly. This almost stunned Jemmy's sensibilities, and he was now ready to believe anything and everything that might be said either of the asylum or of its managers. He quietly retired from the spot, and at once made his way to the basement dungeons, where, however, he could not peep, because there was no light in those cells. But he went to the door of the dungeon, and tried to unbolt it, when he heard a peculiar noise in a distant part of the corridor, which scared him away from his intended design for the present. He went upstairs, and found that they had brought a very crazy patient into the asylum, and, after he was stored safely away, he got another set of keys and returned to the dungeon, and succeeded in opening the outside door, which gave him access to call the prisoner. He said, "'Victor Juno! Victor Juno!' Then listened, when he heard a low, stifled voice reply, "'Who calls me? I am Victor Juno!' End of chapter 18